This is episode 19 of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado, Bernie Texas, Kerrville Texas, Coach Young, Coach Leach, Great Friends, Story Rivalry. They have coached against each other 49 times. Coach Young just retired after a 33-year career, 24 of those in Kerrville. Coach Leach has been in the profession for 35 years and now the athletic director for Bernie ISD. He amassed over 800 wins as a head coach. Coach Leach, Coach Young, let's get after it. There he is. Coach Leach. Hey, Coach. How are you? Doing great. How you doing, buddy? Good. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate you guys taking some time out to, to hang out and talk. Brian, yeah. has, Brian has a real real fancy background. We, we, have, to, uh, we have to do better. <laughs> yeah, Kendall showed, him how, Kendall showed him how to do that. I don't think he did that on his own. <laughs> You're right on. I guarantee you. She, oh, I, saw it. I saw her do it for him. Yeah, she was on. She was on the computer doing it for him. She didn't want uh, him to show what room he was in or what the room looked like. She fixed that up good. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you guys uh, taking some time out to just t- hang out and talk hoops and talk life and and about your passion for the game and what you guys are doing. So, well, thank you for that. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. So, uh, so first, uh, this whole COVID stuff. Uh, what has your guys' daily routine been like? What, what have you been doing to stay busy? Coach Leach, go ahead. Well, ours, mine is. Uh, I come to this is the Rock House. This is uh, my office since uh, I haven't quit. Uh, you know, haven't been coaching basketball. It's a. Uh, 1911 house, Marcus, that uh, they've got across. And so when they um, told me to stop coaching basketball, they put me in this house. And upstairs is where I store all the booster club stuff. And then Gina and Terry are uh, in the other part of the house. This is the living room and the fireplace. And then he'd show you it was built in – 1894 so they got me this you know this house and so uh i come to this house because they're you know i don't have to i don't have to go by any of the the rules anybody else does because you know i'm by myself so my routine hasn't changed really uh i came in here from eight to twelve and then would go home for lunch and come back here to about one till five and then i go play golf at tapatia about twice a week i hadn't played this week yet but that's my story. Coach Young? I pretty much just uh, on Monday submitted the PE lesson plans that my wife typed up for me. And then uh, I would do a little bit of things around the house. And I, I have a lawn business that I've had for 22 years. And I would check on that, check on supplies, uh, and then spend, I, I've spent some great time with, with uh, my middle son and my younger son because they both, of course, middle son was in college and he had to come home. And, and uh, it was pretty entertaining. He's into golf. And, and uh, so I actually went out and played golf with him. I don't necessarily enjoy it that much. And then the younger one was trying to find a place to work out. He's, you know, pins and needles. I'm not going to be ready. I'm not going to be ready to go off to school. And, and uh, he found a couple of connections through through the church, and, and uh, was able to find a place to work out. But 
Uh, other than that, I probably did more around the house in the last two and a half months than I've done in the last 10 years. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, my wife's honeydew list is getting longer and longer, it seems. <laughs> so, so talk to us, uh, Coach Young, about uh, retirement. So you, so you just announced your retirement. How does that feel? You know, the, it, was, it was extremely emotional telling my assistants and my kids. But as far as the rest of it, um, it it's kind of felt like uh, a, a freedom you know, I'm, I'm the son of, of school teachers. My dad was a principal and superintendent of schools. And this will be the first time in 49 years when August rolls around that I don't walk through the doors of a school. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I, I'm kind of uh, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that, that notion. It had nothing to do with kids. I think a part of me getting out, I would say that COVID played a part in it. Uh, another part was my youngest son graduating. And then the last part would probably be that I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And I found myself going, well, I can't wait till October comes, but man, I don't want to do all it takes open that gym in the summer, have kids show up, you know, and sit in there for four hours. And so I was like, you know, if I'm going to expect the kids to be in it, and do it, put their heart into it year round, and their leader needs to be like that. And I didn't feel like that I was that person anymore. Well, it's big of you to say that. And, and how long were you in the business? 32 years. 32? Yes, sir. Well, um, we can kind of go, go along with that. So your coaching journey, where'd you start and up until this point? Okay, I graduated from Texas Lutheran University. I played for a guy named Jimmy Schuler, And then from there, I took a freshman position at Victoria Stroman High School, and I was there for three years, probably the greatest athletes I've ever coached. And then I took the job in Sinton, Texas, and was there for five years. And uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I had just – I had some great talent come in at that time, and I was fortunate enough to win the state championship in 96, then took the Kerrville job and been here for the last 24 years. Four years. What about you, Coach Cease? What did, what did your coaching journey look like? Well, uh, I graduated from high school in Brownfield in West Texas. We were a 3A school when 4A was the highest classification. I uh, – Ran track at South Plains Junior College for two years and then transferred to Tarleton State and ran track there for two years. And uh, I was uh, the um, athletic building, and I'd go in and see Buddy Forrest, athletic director, about every day. And uh, they were starting volleyball. And in uh, the summer of 82, the volleyball coach left to go be a – computer programmer and I went in and told Buddy that I'd do volleyball for him and so I was a little bit of trivia I was the head volleyball coach for Tarleton State University in 1982. Wow. And Barry Thompson, Dr. Barry Thompson uh, who later was uh, at A&M, uh, he was our president and uh, he told me that this would that to never quit being a girls volleyball coach because 
eventually the schools were going to have to keep up. Well, at the time, I was just doing it to help coach Forns out. And then plus, uh, it paid uh, $7,000. And Carla and I got married that summer. And so we were 18 and 15. Uh, we got third. And I was going to be a college volleyball coach, uh, you know. And then we got pregnant with Courtney. And she, she's uh, uh, a high school counselor now. And uh, I had quit and uh, go into public schools because uh, Copper's Cove was paying, paid me 13 5 my first year as first assistant basketball coach. So I had to go from 7 to, to 13 5 because she wasn't going to teach. Uh, and then uh, I was there a year. And then I went to Yorktown, Texas for two years with uh, Tommy Bluda. And how I got that job was Mike Permenter. I uh, was the defense coordinator in Danny Threadgill. I went to college with them at Tarleton. It's who you know, not what you know. Yeah. And I was there two years. We were 18 and 15. The guy named – I got to be friends with guys that Brian knows, um, Johnny Golden and Harold Roxett, who I'm still friends with, and uh, Larry Bassbinder. And so we were 18 and 10, 14 and 14, and – uh, in the year we were 14-14, I was second for this Bernie job. Can you believe there was a time nobody wanted to be in Bernie? I was 24, and and uh, they were they were not very good, and uh, nobody wanted this job. Well, it came open again uh, the spring of '86, and a guy named John Walksmith, who was my AD at Copper's Cove, just got the football job. And so I reached out to him. Well, I had been the first assistant basketball coach at Copper Scove. So once again, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And reached out to him, and he brought me with him. Uh, and I was 25 when I came to Bernie. And so it's easy math. 25 and 35, I'll be 60 in June. And so um, plan was I was going to be close to – to San Antonio and drive into, uh, you know, drive in San Antonio and be a 5A, you know, coach. And just fell in love with it. The big thing was uh, we got second in state 90. Uh, I took the job for a guy named Paul Heffernan, who he's still here and he's a big friend of mine. He, uh, and um, he's still here, but I didn't have any idea that David Shivers was going to be a freshman, and his brother, Robbie Shivers, was a seventh grader when I took the job. And um, we got second in state, and, and that, that's my story. And then we just – you know, we were real fortunate uh, to be close to San Antonio. So each year we were not going to be good. We would get a good move in. Eric Hagenseth came in, a guy named Johnny McDowell. I got Adam Hawley. We just were always in a good location. Uh, funny thing, when uh, Brady Gage uh, left uh, Kerrville, Donnie Lawrence offered me the job uh, the year he hired McMeans. And I love Donnie Lawrence, but I, I, turned, I, I was scared to leave. You know, funny story, um, when I was in high school, I, I don't know why this always stuck out in my mind, and, and I'll never forget it. 
I went, I went to McCullum, played for Randy Evans. Yep. Um, and uh, I think my sophomore year, we played in Bernie. And uh, you guys are doing the, the starting lineups. And, and uh, they say our names. And I go up and I shake your hand. And you grab my hand. And you kind of walk me down, halfway down your bench. And you're like, okay, this guy here. Not gonna touch the ball, yada yada yada. And I was thinking, man, this—I <laughs> like this guy. He—he—he's not scared of anything. Um, well, uh, that got me in a lot of trouble too. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. Yeah. I want to tell you why I did that. I did that to get old Randy Evans' goat. <laughs> I, I did it because you were good, but I also liked yanking that Randy Evans' chain too. Uh, he lived here in town. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was real easy to get Randy Evans' goat. So I, I had a lot of fun trying to see how I could get him agitated. Coach Young doesn't believe that I would ever do anything like that. I was just thinking, was he easier to get agitated than me? Oh, you were. <laughs> no, he was a lot was a lot easier. I had to work hard to get Coach Young agitated. Coach Young uh, used to bring uh, flat basketballs for us to play with. Marcus, and, and when he found out that bothered me, he just made them flatter. And because he knew he wasn't going to have to play with it, because he knew I would, I was not going to let him. He'd have to get one with air. Yeah. And uh, I swear he put those things in a refrigerator. Hey, uh, because um, my my deal was they did everything off of the pass. Mm-hmm. And I would tease him. I said, "Well, y'all can't dribble," and uh, and he would go, "We can't. You're right." <laughs> and then everything we did was off the dribble. We didn't pass. We, everything we did was off the dribble. And so we had more fun with the pregame. Uh, sometimes I grabbed about that dang basketball, and it was just fine, just to just to have him, uh, you know, have to go get another or or. Most of the time, the referees got where they would say, that ball's just fine, Leach. But anyway, I've talked too much. Coach Young, talk about some of y'all's battles. Some of y'all's uh, – any games that come to mind, Coach Young, between you and Coach Leach that just kind of stick out? They all stick out. I tell you, there have been some uh, crazy, crazy, crazy battles. And I think Coach Leach uh, mentioned it the other day that it had been 16 ball games – when I got to Kerrville, Tyvee had not beaten Bernie in, in 16 ball games. First year, we didn't beat them that I was there. The second year, we did, didn't beat them. And finally, that third year, we, we got – we were able to, to pick up a win against – it was Bernie High then. And I told this story the other day. When I came into Kerrville, my measuring stick for where I wanted our program to go was – we got to be able to not compete, but beat Bernie High School and Coach Leach. And uh, true story, before I ever took the Kerrville job uh, in, in, in 90, 96, I called Coach Leach to talk to him about the job. I'd known him in a roundabout way. Goliad is where I'm from. I grew up, and my dad was the principal there. He knew Coach Leach is the coach over in Yorktown. They're about 20 miles away, 22 miles away. Uh, but some of the battles we've had, uh, part of the battle started when we, 
referees. I don't know. Coach Leach was always particular about the referees. I, I didn't care. Those, those people out there, I'm good with it. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I could swear that I'd look up and they, we used to have a manual and I'd look up and it'd say, so-and-so Hammonds and in his residence, Bernie. And I'm thinking, we playing with this guy. First two years, it wouldn't have mattered if my family would have called the games because we we just weren't very good. Um, but as it got more competitive, that was kind of a, the thing. Is was we were we we had to agree on officials, and a lot of people don't know this, but for a while we had officials from Waco, Dallas, because I said, well, I'll just go UIL because I I was exercising the rule, and uh, if we weren't going to agree on anybody, so I'll just go UIL. They won't know you. They won't know me. I was probably a calmer coach when we did go UIO than when we did go San Antonio and then later uh, South Texas. Uh, we had a game in, in uh, one I remember. We, we had a game in, in at Bernie High School. Uh, I had a group of I, – I don't know what you would call them. They weren't – it wasn't a typical Tybee team. We weren't very big. And uh, – but we were somewhat athletic. But my big man was also my best ball handler. And I remember being down at Bernie by 18 at half. And you wouldn't believe this either, but we started pressing. And we ended up coming back at, at Bernie High School and won that game. Had a young man named Trey Wheatfall on that team. And, and, and that, that one was, you know, of course, the most memorable ones are the, are the wins. And then we had a kid named uh, Tukar Speller. And he made a shot from almost in front of Bernie's bench other side of half court to win a game at Bernie. Uh, I remember a guy coming up and putting his finger in my chest after that game. That kind of made it some kind of exciting. Big guy had a black turtleneck on. I still remember it. Um, but what happened with Coach Leach and I was you had two ultra competitive people that stood up for their program. But outside of those basketball games, there's no man that I have more respect for. But we were getting ready to fight, and it wasn't really easy for me to – I've never been in a fight where I was laughing before we started fighting. <laughs> so it just turned in, and, and people got to – they liked watching us work the officials. I'd always say, he's got his hands in y'all's pockets. That's the problem. you got his hands in y'all's pockets. And then he would say something about, y'all going to let Brian get away with that? Y'all going to let him get away with that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd, I'd tell him, I'd say, y'all are scared. He will not hurt you. I have guys that will protect you. He will not beat you up. He's not as tough as he looks. And, oh, I mean, and, and of course, Brian, I'd say it as loud as I could so he would hear it. And uh, and then he would, you know, we would do the, the getaway deal and, we got where we really had a good time. Yep. And uh, Brian's memory's incredible. Um, he's right about the officials. Officials, it started because both of us, you know, the margin of error when you're not very athletic is very, very thin. And, and uh, the referee deal, uh, we used to go pick. And in Brian's defense, I don't blame him. Uh, you know, we, you know, here he's outside of Kerrville, and you know, I, I, I knew him, and uh, and he had just came in because he had done Victoria, 
and then um, Corpus chapter. And he's right. Those first two years, I said, man, he's going to be easy because he didn't care about the referees. I didn't know. I figured out later he didn't care about the referees first two years because he goes, it doesn't matter. Well, that third year he started caring. And it made a difference. And then we eventually, we would get up there and it would just take us forever. And then he would scratch everybody that I had ever used. And uh, he, all the guys that came into Bernie with letter jackets, he wouldn't let me use them. And uh, so we were, finally he did, he figured out this UIL deal. He goes, we can't agree you got to go UIL. And that was more fun because we got them from Houston, from Temple, um, oh, the College Station guys. Uh, College Station, 2008, we were good. We were really good. Had a guy named Robert Moore who was crazy, just absolute great, but great player, loving, one of our best players ever, and crazy in a competitive good way. But uh, Robert – uh, got Brian scouted, and he knew that to get under Robert's skin. And uh, going up to the game, Kimball and I were going, hey, we need someone to beat us. And uh, we need to – that's when you would go do the um, warm-up game. Well, we actually were going to have a warm-up game with South, South, Oak, uh, South Oak Cliff. And uh, we were going to meet them. In Waco, they play those games. And uh, O'Brien taught us a valuable lesson. We got beat. Oh, he got – Robert Moore got kicked out like in the third quarter. And the best thing that ever happened to us. And so Kimball and I got on the bus, and I started laughing. I said, hey, we don't have to worry about finding someone to beat us anymore, do we? <laughs> and so it was great because um, Gary Durbin – tried to do the same thing to Robert in the regional semifinals. And because of what we had gone through with, with um, him getting baited and him falling for it, he didn't do it. I mean, Gary had him, those guys pulling his shorts. And, uh, I, you know, of course, I remember everything. But uh, that was a neat, that's a neat story about how well they helped us. Uh, I mean, nobody prepared. I mean, nobody prepared for teams better than uh, Coach Young. I mean, really didn't. I mean, that's um, and used to Bernie people would get so mad at me because you know they always said everybody knows what I'm doing. I've never changed it in 34 years, and and then of course then Brian's kids would be calling out our place. I mean, they go break two, break two. And uh, so I told them, I said, guys, I don't want them. We're teaching it to them so that we've got a whole uh, plethora of counters. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was so funny how the parents were going, ah, dang old leech. Uh, he, Brian knows everything he's going to do. And Brian didn't know everything we were going to do. But then we, we had counters. And, and every now and then, you know, we'd teach the – their team to play, and then we'd use the counter, and you know, every now and then get a layup. But um, you know, uh, coach, the yeah. iron going back to that game with Robert Moore, which by the way, maybe the best score I've ever seen. Oh, for he was incredible. 
I mean, off the backboard, soft touch, in the lane, outside. He was good. He good. In addition to him getting picking, I think he picked up his a technical, and, and that oh. was his fifth foul. But Coach Evans got kicked out. Right, got kicked out of that game. Yeah, I remember. Your, your right coach right. got kicked out. You know, his sons played for me, Marcus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they and oh, they were such good boys. Oh, and and Randy was awesome, but he got kicked out that game because his boy was on. He was on our our team, our 2018 that went to state. We went to state tournament. What, what yeah. son was it, Zachary? Uh, uh, which one was it, Zach? Is Isaac? Isaac. Yeah, Isaac. Is Isaac and uh, Zach played for Coach uh, McComb. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, one thing I'll say about uh, about both of you guys, um, very passionate, you know, so I, I can see the, the fire in both of you. And I've never seen a Tyvee versus Bernie game where you guys were coaching, but I can only imagine that it was pretty fun and entertaining and highly competitive and physical. And uh, and going back to what you said about Brian and, and scouting, I think I saw Brian at just about as many games that we had. I mean, I don't know how he managed to get there. Uh, without, I'm, I was thinking, does he not have a game tonight? He, he doesn't ever play. <laughs> He's always there scouting live, you know. And I think that's important too because a lot of young coaches like to scout. Uh, you know, it's cool to watch the film and it helps, but but it's a little different when you get to see it live and you get to actually get a better look at the size and how they run things. And and so I, I've always respected that about about playing against Brian. Well, I may do that is I'd go to see people, is people think I'm just doing the X's and O's. Most of the X's and O's come off the, off the film because I can slow it down. I'm just not that, that quick. My assistants both are really quick. One of them would draw up what they're doing, defense, other offense. I look for specialty things. But I always wanted to see how a kid acted when his coach corrected him, when he came to the bench. Could he be baited? Uh, is he going to only go to the left? Is their biggest guy going to ever post up? Well, he's never going to post up. And golly, we can put a smaller guy on him and, and just double him comes down in the lane. So I, 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 that's the reason I did it. Plus, I enjoy the heck out of going to scouting trips. That's one of the things I'm going to miss as much as anything. We'd go and, and if we ate at a particular restaurant and then we next game we played, we won, we're eating at that restaurant again. I got superstition a little bit in, oh, yeah. in, in me as well. So – um, but what I've noticed that, and, and I put your team in, in the kind of teams when I play a Rudy Bernal, your kids play with so much pride and so much fight that a lot of times, even knowing what they're going to do, they're playing with a different type of pride. And that was always difficult to coach against is the pride. And I told your kids that that night on the bus, when you had the last time y'all played in Kerrville. Mm-hmm. And uh, good gosh, y'all shot the ball crazy. But y'all were at our school at three thirty. Y'all shot to almost up to game time. I was like, <laughs> uh, uh, hey, did he give you any balls to warm up with, Marcus? Well, I took our own just in case. Uh, so no, uh, uh, Brian was always good to us. You know, as a young coach, like when I first got in uh, in the head coach position, I always knew who Coach Young was, and you, and you hear things, and he's 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 aggressive, and he's very passionate, and. But but whenever we've ever played Brian, it's always been a lot of respect and and uh, and I've never had any issues or, or complaints. So 
so yeah, we had we had balls, and he gave us access to the floor, and so so we were good. Coach Young was was gracious enough to let us uh, on the floor seventeen hours before the game. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I'll tell you, I wasn't really that nice, Coach. I just couldn't get our uh, custodian to start sweeping it early enough where it was wet. So you say, oh, we don't want to get anybody hurt. Yeah. Uh, we sweep it three or four times. He might not be through till five o'clock. But uh, now I, I I changed a little over the years. Some you know trim the fat, I guess, so to speak, on some of it. But now when we came to our burning games, it was, we we just it was so competitive. The atmosphere was un- unbelievable for a, a hill country basketball game, and the I mean the kids. The, the student body, the way they, they dressed up for the games, the signs they had for the games, and uh, just an all-out war. But you wouldn't believe how many of my, uh, my son that played for me four or five years ago, my son right now goes to Bernie, that just graduated this year, Jackson. He goes to Bernie, some of his best friends from there. They all get back together, and they realize that, hey, it was one big rivalry, cool competition. You know, it's not a, you know. We had, uh, you know, Marcus, I, we had so much fun with it. And, uh, you know, I told uh, the story Friday. Brian and I, I believe, we played 40, I said 48. We actually played 49 times because one year we played each other three times. Right. And uh, so we played 40. Can you imagine playing someone 49 times? Oh. I mean, isn't that isn't that pretty incredible? That is crazy. And uh, and besides those first two years, every time I guarantee you, only four of them weren't a battle. I mean, you know, there was years that he beat us both times. There's years we beat them both times. And but um, one of the newspaper guys made me. I've got every game, ever coach, and the score and made me do a stat on finding out my career record against Kerrville. And then they asked about uh, with Brian. And uh, I'm telling you, against Brian, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's even. Uh, but without Brian coaching, we lost four times. It, it's, it's like it's, it's nutty. It's – it's uh, 25 and four because we played uh, – it's something crazy. And so and that was my tribute to Brian uh, because I said, guys, before Brian, that Kerrville game wasn't even a game. I mean, we couldn't even get – I mean, we couldn't even make it a game. I mean, because uh, – and just to think about when they beat us in, in uh, 99 – they did an article in the Kerrville paper that some of those kids that were sophomores, uh, Kerrville had not beat Bernie while they were in school, their, their school life. I mean, and so I just tell you that he, he was the difference. And, you know, to learning from, from your, um, your time what the deal was, how, how come he was so good was is he uh, – made it where he could be in every game, okay? He, he he concerned himself with the referees, worked the referees better than anybody around. One, he shortened the game because that's what he, he needed. He didn't have the most talented. Uh, I will also say we had more talent than him more times than not. 
And, uh, but every year, you know, everybody go, oh, Brian's not going to be good. I said, bullcorn. They're going to be good. They'll shorten the game. You won't ever get the ball. And uh, they'll grab you every time you go through. And I used to tell Brian, you know, Brian teaches man defense. He does a great job. And they take charges and his kids, they, he gives them pride in being tough. And, and, they, and they play to that. But then we were the other way around. I was all offense, and then I spent all my time, uh, you know, doing specialty defenses. Like, we'd zone, but then when we played Brian, we would, we would find his best player and, and deny him the ball. When he came through, we'd put two on him. Well, Brian did the same thing. He just called everything different because <laughs> we, we, well, everybody would go, oh, he plays man defense. You need to teach man defense like Brian does. They go, he's running a zone, and he's uh, running a box one just like I am. He just calls it different. And, uh, and we had more fun uh, with that because we'd tease our players because Brian would always not guard somebody. And, Marcus, I don't mean uh, figuratively not guard somebody. He would literally not guard somebody. So, through the years, I would always, you know, cut up because I use humor with all my players. And so, I would I'd say uh, this guy, one guy named Andrew Hobby, said, Andrew Hobby, if you don't get in gym and uh, don't, don't start working, when we play Kerrville, they're not going to guard you. Well, so all the kids would always laugh. Because my joke was, I said, Brian Young's not going to guard somebody. And so about the first quarter, I would go, Andrew, you. he ain't being guarded tonight. <laughs> and I mean, and sure enough, they, these kids would have like career nights. You know, they average like three points. And against Brian, they'd have 15 and they'd never have 15 again. And, you know, and their parents would go, well, see, finally you gave him the ball. You know, we'd make Kerrville or have a good game. Go, well, finally, because you let Andrew find the ball. No, I didn't let Andrew ball. He, he didn't guard him. And uh, we had more fun. Brian knows I'm telling the truth. Oh, he, yeah. Tell he, would, he would find a guy. It was comical by halftime. My, I'd have my assistants crack it up. i go, well, of course. And then I'd go in at halftime and say, uh, Andrew, would you make a guy stay shot? He's not guarding you. He's not going to guard you. And uh, so we got where we had so much fun and our kids. And I do want to say how much the rivalry meant to our programs. Because in town, all they cared about, I mean, all my VIP school board members, I promise you, they'd go to one game out of town and one game in town. And they'd find out, Brian knows I'm telling the truth, all the all the the dudes in town, they'd go, when you play, and it got where they wouldn't say, we play Kerrville. They go, when you play Brian, you know, and uh, and they wouldn't miss it. But that was so important to our programs because it made us better, and it really did. And then plus, that was at the end of the year, that was that was our deal. Uh, we would go, we beat uh, Alamo Heights both times, or we beat Curve maybe beat Curve both times, or sometimes we brag him because we split with him. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but uh, it was an unbelievable deal. It's something that I cherish the, the, the most. Uh, the Alamo Heights rivalries were good too, but uh, the relationship because of uh, how fun Brian and I did, I mean, we, we knew what we were doing. 
Uh, and um, and we'd get where, Marcus, we'd put the chairs, we because the referees get on us, so we played this game with the chairs, and we would move the chairs right up to the line. Well, he would he would aggravate me, and then I'd aggravate him, and then he would get on the floor because he knew that bothered me. And, uh, and so I'd tell him to get back. Well, we got where most of our fans go. I don't go to the game to watch the teams. I go to the game to watch you two. And I want to not forget to say this. He had this um, – these two guys the last couple of years that, that broadcast the games. And it's sitting goofy places in the gym to broadcast. And so one night, you know, they, they didn't realize that what, that we were just competing and we loved each other and respected each other. and and uh, But we wanted to win uh, because it was what we're hired for. Well, uh, this guy just bought into all of the – the drama of us pointing at each other and acting like we were going to beat each other. A few times I wanted, uh, I'd get on my assistant, I said, uh, y'all need to kind of get in between us a little bit quicker. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, I walked by and this guy was screaming at me. This radio guy said, Late, you're a loser. You're no class, no class. And so I walked up the stairs and I said, I don't bother him. Why do I bother you? And I, everybody just started rolling. I said, he's going to be talking to me in five minutes. Why are you so mad? <laughs> and so anyway, I know we spent a lot on it. I don't know what you wanted, Marcus, but. Uh, no, that's great. That's great stuff. I appreciate you pairing us up because it means a lot to both of us. Oh, yeah. Well, some of the best friendships you know, come from that rivalry. I mean, I've only been the head coach of McCullough for six years and, and, Half the time was against Chris, and the other half was against Eric. But um, but growing up there and, and being a part of it as a kid, like you said, your son travels to Bernie. Some of those guys are his friends, uh, Brian. I mean, some of my best friends right now as an adult. You now, when we were kids, we were trying to just beat the beat the heck out of each other in these rivalry games. And you look back twenty years later, and, and our kids are growing up together. I mean, everybody's you know like this, and you never would have thought. But you know, at the end of the day, sometimes those rivalries. You know, they bring people a little closer. So I can understand and I can definitely respect the heck out of it. Well, and, you know, we had the same type of jobs, too. Uh, you know, first of all, Brian said this. I think we both um, I have probably one of the best basketball jobs in the state of Texas. Both of us did. I mean, he his teaching deal is unbelievable. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a business for 25 years. I mean, he won every year, uh, made the playoffs every year uh, besides those – besides one outside of those first two. Two. And, pardon me? Two outside of those first two. two. Out, excuse me. That's two outside those two times. And um, we, we had similar jobs. And to be competitive, we had to control the tempo. We both knew it. We had to put our kids – we had to have set plays. Um, and we had to – and then we had to have uh, defenses that took the strengths out of the – and so we were twins, but we but we sold uh, what we wanted to do completely different ways. It's it just it, – but we did, the, we did the same thing. We just sold it different. Um, I sold it because of my, pe- my kids – 
I sold it by we're going to outscore everybody, and all my 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 whole practices were all offensive because that made it fun for for my kids. And Brian did it being mentally tough, and he was they were going to be tougher than everybody. And uh, and both and we knew real quick what we were both doing, and we respected it. I wanted to be more. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, I guarantee you, our all of our uh, set, a lot of our set pieces I stole from Brian. Um, the last the last couple of years, that that double screen deal he ran up top. I said, "This is ridiculous. We're going to start running this. We can't stop it." So we're going to. And I sure enough, one day, one day I started a game a couple of years ago, and I just ran his offense. And he knew I, and I was going, shoot, <laughs> dang, that thing is uh, because it controls the tempo. And in, 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 if you go on top, you have to slip underneath. Uh, and it's just we, we, we did the same thing. We, just, we were just different salesmen. Uh, and the reason is is the type of kids we had. He, he could sell his deal and make it successful his way. And so you got to know where you're at. And uh, and then I more years than not I needed to sell mine. We're gonna outscore them, and we're gonna we're gonna not miss free throws. We're gonna you know and and I made it fun for them. Uh, and and then defense I acted like it wasn't a big deal, and uh, we we ran zones because I didn't want to give up layups. And plus my theory with zones and he ran his own too. It's just that he. Uh, uh, he, he sold it that it was man, but no, yeah. I'm kidding. He switch, they switch everything, and then they scout so much. Basically, they were staying in a, in a spot most of the time, just like we were. And um, he just um, – it, it was just uh, something that, that I've learned from, and I'm, I'm writing a lot of it down uh, because uh, it, it brought out the best in both of us, and it broke, brought out the best in both programs. Yeah. Uh, and then after – after and leaving the last four games, Marcus, uh, without me there, and sure enough, Bernie won two champion, and then uh, uh, Kerrville won two. You know, I think uh, when you when you play someone who's a who's an outstanding coach, like you said, it just brings out the best. I know coaching against Brian these last few years uh, really has helped me develop. I mean, I've had to think in, in ways that I, I maybe didn't before. Uh, you know what you're going to get when you play Tyvee. And you, and so when we're scouting and we're, we're talking about trying to speed them up and, and do these things and, and they're going to be physical and and we're going over their offensive sets. And like you said, like some of it I was like, hey, coach, <laughs> this is pretty good. We've got to think about using it or tweaking it in a way that we can use it uh, when we're not playing Kurgo. Um, but like – yeah, we would even go as far as having a package for when we play Kerrville, knowing Brian's going to scout 27 times. Uh, we'll have something up, up our sleeve that maybe that he hasn't seen because we're just saving it for these couple games. And so just having us think in different ways and, and mature as a coach, you know, when you play a guy like Brian or, or yourself, it, it really helps you elevate yourself as a coach. So, so I'm grateful for it. I mean, those games are always fun. Well, I'm I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss the strategy part of it and being with the kids and trying to convince them that now if we do this, and I think that's the thing Coach Leach was was talking about. He got his kids to believe in what he was doing 
in a different way than what I got my kids to believe and what we're doing, which I think you do. I think you do a great job of saying, look, man, it's us against the world. We're smaller than these guys. And, you know, if we spread them out, we get up on them, they're going to be in trouble. And, uh, you know, that last game at, at Tyvee, I mean, yeah, y'all down to the wire. Y'all had us. I don't even remember what, what happened that they kind of changed the, the direction of that somebody made a play or I think we – honestly, I think we got a call because I remember telling your assistant or telling the guys when you get uh, – you know, when you come to Kerrville, you know, I feel like we have a 10-point advantage at home. Absolutely. Just from where, our, from where our student body is to the travel, going, you know, you're going out middle of nowhere basically out on I-10 and uh and and your kids did a, were very well prepared and and they were ready for that and, and I could see the disappointment in them afterwards and I was thinking to myself yeah but y'all don't really understand how close you were and and you you all had some I've had a year like y'all had where you just had some bad breaks everybody was sick and and then that's why I got you the first game of district. I, I, and I try to disguise myself when I come into scout too. I I, tip, I don't wear any Kerrville Tyvee stuff. I try to sneak in and get behind the bench. Somebody seems to always let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> you know, yeah, that that was pretty crazy. Uh, that tournament, I think one of my guys, one of them got sick somehow over the course of that weekend, and then brought it brought it home and. And it just you, – you think about this whole COVID situation and it just kind of spread spread quick, you know. And then we got a, we got, we got our hand, uh, a handle on it, you know, but it, it, it kicked our butt for a little bit. Um, but anyway, that's – that's You know, Marcus, I wanted to – I like what Brian said. And he, uh, you know, trying to get you guys ready. I have to tell you this, you know, with Brian, because they were tough. They wear these uh, hoodies. These warm up because we went to Stinton. Uh, I'm sure that's all they had to warm up in, and they won state. So then when he came to to uh, Kerrville, he did some of the same similar things because he sold t- mental toughness. And and so of course my deal in before the game, I'd always tell my guys, I'd go, Hey, they think they're tougher than you are. They they think you're soft, and they're telling you're soft, and they're gonna pull your shorts, and they're gonna uh, take charges. And then when I was playing Charlie, I'd go in a whole different deal. I'd go, you know what ticks me off about these guys? They think they're richer than you. And so, you know, whatever it took, I, I, you know, you have to have a different sales pitch. And uh, if somebody wasn't very good that year, I'd tell them, you know, I'd find a tape where they beat somebody and i go, oh, no, guys. My deal was because of fishermen said, Hey, they're about to catch a big fish, you know, and if they weren't very good, we were big fish. uh, But it's all selling, and uh, it's different every year. Uh, But being able to stay in the same year, Marcus, first of all, I want to compliment you on behalf of both of you doing this. Um, Boy, it's going to pay dividends for you. It's a good deposit because relationships – are what it's all about. I'm a relationship guy. I always have been. And uh, what you're doing, um, first of all, we're honored because, you know, when you get be done, everybody forgets you. And, and so the only people that's ever going to care anything about these stories is me and Brian. So about once a year, we're going to have to get Kendall and Carla together so we can just kind of reminisce and 
and uh, revalue each other. But uh, just just uh, the idea you're doing this, and uh, you'll you'll I'm, I guarantee you're smart. You'll you'll learn a lot. Uh, you learn a lot from people because everybody's different. But uh, I, I compliment you and thank you for doing this. Well, I appreciate you for saying that. You know, if if you guys had a you know, not not necessarily a certain moments in time, but but uh, you know what we do is all about, like you said, the relationships, and especially for our kids. You know, when you realize what we're teaching our kids is, it goes much deeper than the wins and the losses. You know, uh, at what point in your career did you kind of figure that out? And and any moments that stand out in particular where it's more than just a game. For me, it would have been one of those years we didn't make the playoffs. And we were going to play Alamo Heights during the Christmas holidays. And uh, I had a, a kid playing for me. And we weren't bad. We were pretty good. But we were getting ready to play Alamo Heights. And his mom was murdered there in San Antonio. And the coaching was totally thrown out the door. The wins and losses were totally thrown out the door. And I, I had a very – I had – three sophomores on that team, I think two juniors and and three seniors. And everybody just kind of stopped and was like, you know, what are we going to do here? And I, I remember that kid, the, the very next game we were going to play uh, Lehman on the road at Lehman. And his uh, – the coach from Lehman, I said, you know, I got a kid – has a real tough situation in the funerals today. I, he wants to come play this game, but the funerals at this time, will you move the game back? And and I said, you know, I'm not trying to do it to gain an advantage. I'm just trying to do it for this kid. And and he he moved the time back, and we played the game. We didn't win the game, but the kid played in it, and it kind of helped him go on. And he was – I had a deal at my house the other day with some different kids on the video, and this kid was on that video. And I, I thought, well, that, that's what it's really all about. Yeah, we didn't make the playoffs that year, but uh, maybe we helped as a group, as a team. Maybe we helped somebody get through one of the, you know, unimaginable situation that, that allowed him to go forward in life. So that, that really was a, was a kind of a – I mean, it's always – I've always understood that my, my real job isn't to win, but I've always taught that – and I've, a lot of people won't agree. I taught winning is everything. And when I told them that, I explained my philosophy is whenever your job's on the line, you want to fight with everything you got because you need that job to take care of your family. Whenever your marriage is on the line, winning is everything. You fight to, to keep that. You know, and I always liken it to – if – if I'm about to go into a surgery and uh, ask a guy, about the surgeon, how do you feel about winning? And, eh, you know, win some, lose some. I don't want that guy operating on me. <laughs> and so I, I've kind of stuck with that, and, and, but I've explained it to my kids. And, uh, but but that, that component of, of really figuring out to throw away the, the, how important this game is for this moment, whenever you've got a kid going through what they're going through, really changed me a lot. Well, I, th I think uh, we change uh, throughout our lives. You know, we, we coach differently when we're single. Uh, we, we change when we're married. Uh, we change when we have children. 
we change again when they're when our children are uh, in athletics. We change when we coach them, and then we change when we when when they're gone. Um, and so we change. Brian and I both, uh, you know, can both see changes in in each other. Winning was always important. That's how we get to, you know, I tell everybody, that's how that name's been on that door for 35 years. If it didn't win, they'd take the name off. And so that was important. But the relationships, um, for Brian to be there 24 years and, and Carla and I for 35, you got to have relationships. And uh, relationships, um, you know, uh, have have been very important with my players, uh, with my assistant coaches. I I miss the relationship with assistant coaches more than anything. Uh, I really do. Uh, players, you miss the players. Uh, certain, you know, because you know we're human. Uh, there's there's about three or four off each team. You have a connection with. You just really do, and and I miss that, and I miss. But you know, I. I stay in touch with all my, you know, all my guys. There are about two or three on each team, and that's 35, you know, 35 teams counting the Yorktown deal. But my answer to that is, is um, you know, we, we learn, and both uh, Brian and I are Christians, and so, of course, our first, first thing is, is, is our faith. And then the Holy Spirit teaches us things throughout uh, our career uh, and, and and tells us, you know, hey, this is what's really important. But the relationships uh, with the players, with my assistants, I'm gonna, I've I've missed it. It's not the same. Everybody tells you, oh, it'll, it'll be the same. Well, it's not because you know you don't have you're not going to battle anymore. It's nobody's fault. Yeah. It's uh, it's just life. Uh, and so uh, it, I still have friends that were my assistants, but that relationship of calling and, you know, I, that is so fun, you know, calling before the game, calling after the game. Um, and that is a bond that is, that I think in coaching, I think we underestimate how much we need that. Um, because that's the only, that's, you know, we, we do analogies. That's, you know, that's the war and, you know, that's who we're going band of brothers and all that business. But there's something to it because uh, nobody else gets it. Uh, whether you're a football coach or a baseball coach, no one gets your sport like you do. And uh, and then you know, with your family, uh, they sacrifice. Who oh, sacrifice crazy? And I don't think we ever know. And that's why I have so much empathy for coaches' kids uh, because we have no. And some of them are the Lord. Uh, make some where they can handle it and some of them just they just it's real it's real tough you know because some people Brian and I can walk in a room and know that nine out of the ten can't stand us and and we could care less you know uh we will go all nine of them and go try to be their buddies or uh but then there's um but there's some kids that I have a lot of empathy for coaches kids because we have no idea, um, and it affects them all different. And so I don't know if I answer your question, but my answer is relationships, and we change. we we got to change all the time. The way Brian and I are today, we weren't this way uh, in 19, 
96. And uh, we, we had to change. If we didn't change, we, he wouldn't have been there 24 years and I wouldn't be here 35. And I had to learn, you know, a lot of times all of my critics were right. A lot of times when people criticized me, I had, I was, I guess, maybe smart enough to listen to them. Uh, and because a lot of times they weren't all wrong about their criticism of me and, and it's stuff that I had to work on. And, uh, and so uh, relationships and it was important to me to my dad worked for the same company for 40 years and he uh, we he raised us in the same town and it made it made a lot of difference it gave me a swagger that that helped me because you know it's, it's pretty good we get to live in the same town your whole life and and so I learned that relationships at the end of the day oof, you better have relationships and uh, that's uh, without my relationships here with my players and my parents and, and just wonderful school boards. Oh, we've had and wonderful superintendents and principals. I, and Brian's, Brian can tell the same story. And, uh, and so it's all about relationships. You know, before, before we go, uh, Coach Young, you know, uh, retired about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Uh, what, what kind of advice would you give to any young coaches getting into the business or what is something you would tell a young uh younger version of brian young uh as he as they come in make sure you, you have your cdl all right make sure you drive a bus <laughs> uh, i would say that my thing would be that what you think the game is really isn't and if before you take a job, you go volunteer. You go take time and you go to a coach's practice that's had success or hasn't had success. You go and you watch. You, you ask. If you're at the junior high and you want to be a head basketball coach, you go ask the head coach, can I go on a scouting trip with you? Can I see what's going on? Can I see how we do this? How do you break down a film? Because I never took a class on how to do any of that. Um, I was fortunate that I played multiple sports in high school, so – my first two jobs, I had to be a basketball, football guy. In fact, I was even the golf coach at one place. And so in college, you don't sit there and get a lecture on this is what you need to be able to do when you, when you go scout or here's how you fill out the paperwork uh, to submit your UIL eligibility. I, I think it's very important to do that. Number two, Coach Leach said something really, really, really true. The truest thing probably the whole deal. It's going to change. When I was single, I didn't give a crap. I didn't care what anybody thought, who said this, who said that. I'll take my stuff out of my little old house and I'll move to the next place. All of a sudden, now you're married. You got more than just yourself to think about. So you change a little bit. Support, your, you know, disposition is a little different. And then if you do have children – now you're trying to coach and get rest during a time when you can't rest. And if you don't help your wife who's gone through the brunt of this, then you don't care about them. And so there's pressure on being a parent and a coach. And then, in, like Coach says, your kids come up through the program. And I don't care. They could be a high school All-American, but the only reason that they're accomplishing that is because you're the coach. The only reason that they're playing is because you're the coach. I've always kind of had a soft side with like when our different coaches and administrators' children have come through because I was a principal's son. I signed a scholarship out of high school, had people complaining, well, why is he getting that scholarship? 
well, ma'am, it's, it's a basketball scholarship, and these people thought he excelled at it and want to pay for his college. Knowing that it's going to change, and you do have to change with it. You don't have to change everything. You can still have your, you, you know, I, I haven't really, my, my attitude, the way I approach the game has not really changed. Just probably some things away from the game. And, and, and you better be prepared. You know, Coach Leach talked about this true story. I had to be escorted by a police a policeman for a whole spring semester. Cause, and it, it's not always a bunch of people. It's a couple of people. But I got a death threat in the mail here in Kerrville, Texas, describing exactly how they were going to murder me. And a new guy comes in. Well, you know, I, do, you, do you take this serious or not? Well, he said, you're going to be have a, have a police escort. My children were over at Ivy Child Development Center, and I had to have a policeman go with me over there. So there's lots of really interesting things that come with it. And the final thing I would tell a young person is, if you think you're going to make money in this profession, you better, you better think again. If you, and if you want to do it, you can do both. You can have a side hustle that will allow you the comforts that you want outside of what you get paid. But that's a lot of work, and that in itself is a whole other thing because now you're dealing with what I got here at school, what I have over here all dependent upon the person. Good stuff. Great insight. Um, uh, I, I really appreciate you guys taking some time out to talk. Um, before we go, you know, you mentioned coming on the bus, uh, Coach, uh, the last time we played in Kerrville. Uh, for one, that was this season one of my favorite games. Even though we lost, we learned so much about ourselves and, and the environment was intense. Um, your guys' announcer came up and said, Coach, that's one of the best – games I've ever seen in my life and and at the time I, I'm respectful thank you very much I appreciate it in my mind I'm thinking oh man, we, you know but you know and, and thinking back on it it really was a fun game and, and the fact that you took time to come on the bus and, and, and give some words to the kids you know I've always respected that so I appreciate it you bet you guys take care stay safe and uh, and have yourselves a good day thank Marcus, you so much. thank you Brian good to see y'all thank you, you. Yes, bye-bye